Hey beautiful leaders, female leaders of God, I am so happy to have you here on this Friday and it is the school holidays here in Australia. The children have officially started their school holidays and yeah we've got two weeks of fun 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 with the three kiddos at home and uh, we're off to a little five day getaway so I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, why don't you come and share with us in the free Facebook community where in the world you are from and what school term you are in. I know that in the USA school has just actually started in September, um, the new school year. So please come and share with us what years your children in. If you don't have any kids, um, does your business follow school terms at all? Yeah, I just really look forward to connecting with you all in the Facebook group. Now, real quick, before we start this episode, I'd like to take a moment to ask you to vote for my podcast, Women of Faith in Leadership, in the upcoming Australian Podcast Awards. It would mean really a lot to me if I could get my community to support me. So go to the link in the show notes or to womenoffaithinleadership.com where you will find the link to go and vote. That would be amazing. Thank you so very much. As Christian women in leadership, we often find ourselves struggling with the balance between implementing faith-based leadership principles and the worldly perspectives of our colleagues and team members. You once felt passionate about leadership, but have often come up against people with fixed mindsets who are unwilling to change. You feel like giving up and stepping out of your leadership role because is it really worth it? Friend, you're in the right place. Here we're not only going to talk about the challenges, we're going to tackle them head on with a faith-based approach that's both practical and empowering. So, if you're ready to transform your leadership journey, to set boundaries that make a real impact, and to create a workplace culture where both you and your team can thrive, then join me in uncovering the strategies, wisdom, and godly guidance that will lead you to success. I'm Rekha Whelan, and welcome to the Woman of Faith in Leadership podcast. Together, we're going to navigate leadership with faith as our foundation. Let's get started. Grab your coffee or water, keep that notebook and pen handy, and let's jumpstart your leadership. Being resilient in this day and age is basically as important as having a meal to satisfy your hunger. It's basically unavoidable. We're living in some really, really trying times at the moment and every day when you watch the news, scroll through your feed or even just talk to a colleague or family member, you realize that there are some really, really lost people out there that are getting involved in all sorts of things that is not from the Lord. So how can we as female Christian leaders remain resilient and strong in the Lord and not be led astray by the things of this world? Because let's be honest, there are a lot of distractions out there. There are a lot of things that pop up in our feed, people that we talk to. Did you hear about this? Did you see that? And it just distracts us. It's so distracting from the thing that God really just wants us to focus on. So in this episode, I'll be discussing four ways that you can do just that, how you can remain resilient and strong in the Lord. To start off this episode, I'd like to just share a story that I have half shared in my previous episodes, but want to go into a little bit more detail just to give some really good context for this episode. 
So I was working at this one company where I was one of only two people who were a Christian and it was seriously tough. There were a lot of females in this workplace as well and the conversations during the week mainly surrounded things that they did on the weekend. It seemed like they really hung out out of work a lot and really the conversations that they were having were quite explicit content, so explicit that I absolutely cannot share it on here. It would not be appropriate, but actually nor do I even want to really think about it or even talk about it. It was really, really a tough time because it was just not things that I had, number one, grown up with, but also it's not in my, I didn't feel it was in my culture and just not appropriate for who, where I was in terms of just my relationship with God. And I had no one to relate to basically at work and basically had no work friends for that matter. And these people were meant to be my, in quotation marks, work family. So for sure, of course, I think you could hear in the tone of my voice, I was definitely judging them big time. I was just really, didn't want to have anything to do with them, steer clear, stay away. And to be honest, I was quite disgusted by their behavior. I was just like, you know, really? Is that the type of conversation you're going to have on a Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock about, you know, X, Y, and Z that you did on the weekend? And it was interesting to me how they all were friends out of work. And definitely this will be a, a different episode altogether in terms of setting boundaries. But I was just really judging them and I was you know, I always, I always had a personal boundary that I can share here, which was that I would not connect with anyone on social media because one, I just didn't want to know about their ungodly personal lives, but also two, I didn't want them to mock me for things that I shared on there because mocking was quite a big thing to them, you know, and potentially it was, they, they were just having a gag, but basically they were just thinking it was really, really funny. But to me, it just really wasn't. It was personal, and the things that they were mocking me for were personal, and I just didn't like it. So, however, what I realized, and through the workings really of just the Holy Spirit, is that Jesus mingled with all the sinners. Best of all, he didn't judge them even one bit. He was inclusive, he was supportive, loving, kind, patience, and basically the list of beautiful traits that we can only strive for goes on. And... You know, it's what I mentioned in in uh, many of my previous episodes is that, you know, take the log out of your own eye before you start, you know, trying to get the speck out of somebody else's eye. And in that time, I really didn't, I just really wanted to quit my job, to be honest. Like, I really wasn't enjoying it. The workplace culture was toxic. There was so much gossip in that workplace. It was just, it was awful. And I, I, yeah, believe me, I went home crying. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm a female, I've got emotions, but I went home crying lots of times in the afternoon. And my husband would always say, you know, why don't you just look for a different job? Quit. It's, it's going to be fine. But quitting isn't who I am and it's not my personality. It's not my work ethic. It's not how I grew up. You know, my mom uh, worked seriously hard to just get us through some months financially, especially after my parents got divorced. And, you know, quitting is just not something that I knew or believed in because her example was that you just don't quit. And so basically not quitting was the first taste that I got or knew how to be resilient. 
And basically just giving up and going elsewhere would have been the opposite of being resilient. However, God had a plan for me there. And I think that's what kept me there is I knew that I had to be there. I, I actually did dip my toe into looking for other work. I won't lie. And I did actually get the other job, but it just didn't feel right. Like in my heart, I didn't have peace to leave that workplace and to go to the other workplace, which seemingly obviously looked better. But, you know, I, I don't know until this day whether it would have been better or not. I mean, it would have been, it, you know, the grass always looks greener on the other side. But they say sometimes it just looks greener on the other side because uh, there's been more cows on that side. <laughs> that have done their business on the grass so <laughs> um but yeah so i just didn't feel comfortable in leaving and um i stayed for that reason and i believe that that was where my journey of true resilience really started is by not quitting and quit quitting is not a, a sign of failure actually by the way um it's not what i'm saying at all so now sometimes you have to quit something because it's for the better of you and for for whomever else, if you do quit or if you do resign, for example, um, you know, one of the companies where I resigned, I just wasn't in agreement to their strategic plan. So it was actually to the detriment of the company that I stayed because I was always going to be a blockage to them because I didn't agree with their strategic plans. And so quitting or basically resigning my job was actually the best thing I could have done for them and for me. So quitting is definitely not a sign of failure. It was the best thing I could have ever done. And yeah, so, but there is those times where you just, you just can't quit. And I think you have to absolutely lean into the Lord here. So what I gained from this experience is really that God wanted me to move amongst these people, my work family, so that I could learn to work with people like that you know, put personal biases and feelings aside and work with the individual. And, you know, it is so true. People are in a group are so different from when they're individually having a conversation with you. And I saw that. I started seeing that firsthand because I, I started working with these individuals individually, actually, as part of my role. And God opened up the doors, actually, for me for a role where I could work with them individually and I started having individual relationships with them. When they, when, they were, when they were in the group together, they were quite awful. But when they were individual, <laughs> call that two-faced or not, I don't know. But they were actually quite nice. And, you know, they did. But also afterwards, I learned that people, people just really respected who I was and what I presented. Uh, so this was a colleague that actually mentioned this to me uh, much later. I caught up with them and um, they just said, look, you know, like, I, I realized that I started I stopped swearing when I was with you and I realized that I didn't want to have those conversations because number one you were not interested but also number two you know you found them disrespectful or number three you know I just didn't feel like that was your cup of tea or you know because you, you were not engaging in that conversation I wouldn't do it and that was quite interesting because I never actually told them verbally that I wasn't interested in having those conversations I just never engaged in it so by just not engaging in it, I didn't even say a word. I mean, I wasn't judged. I was judging them in my heart, but I wasn't ju physically judging them and blaming them and saying, hey, you should stop doing that and X, Y, and Z. No, I, I actually didn't do that. And it wasn't on purpose, by the way. Um, it just happened that I didn't do that. I didn't feel compelled or 
you know, convicted, but that actually meant something to them. And, you know, moving on to the next organization I worked for, I worked with a much larger and diverse team. And because I had worked with that smaller diverse team, now working with a larger, more diverse team, I learned to respect their beliefs and lead like Jesus did. And I learned that's really some valuable lessons here about resilience that I'm going to share with you now. So that was a long leading to the um, to the to the conversation, but just get your notebook and pen handy. And I hope that that leading and that personal story that I shared with you could can really resonate with you and to a place where you are at the moment with your team potentially, to a place where you're in the thick of it at the moment and you just don't feel as if you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, basically. So the first way that you can build resilience as a female Christian leader is to, number one, pray. And I had a little giggle and I thought to myself, the people in my podcast or my community, my podcast family are going to start knowing that my number one is always pray, because I've said that a lot of times. But I believe the foundation of anything we do in life is praying about it. And... Praying is just a part of my my daily life and it's become quite important to me and I'm trying to instill that in my children as well and show them the value of doing that and of talking to God throughout the day, not just, you know, during your Bible study in the morning, which there's absolutely nothing wrong if, if that's the only time you're talking to God. But I think my challenge to you would be is where are other times in the day when you can start praying to God? So... When you're praying in the morning, let's start there. My suggestion would be is, because for, for a time, I just didn't know what to pray. I'll be honest. Like I was stuck for a long time. I didn't know what to pray. And so a, a prayer journal really helped me quite a lot just to get me going. And um, I still actually use a prayer journal um, that guides my prayer in different areas of my business, my family, my husband, my children, and for myself. But one thing that is so crucial that has really just changed me personally, which I'd love to share, is putting on the armor of God every single morning. And I'm going to read it uh, to you from Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of praise and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, this verse really highlights to us that there's more going on in the heavenly realms than just heaven and hell. 
there is actually a spiritual battle going on in the in the heavenly realms and god says to us that we have to put on the armor every single day so that we can fight against the powers of this dark world and then in verse 18 so beautiful it says and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the lord's people so basically, we don't only pray for ourselves, but we only pray for our team. And this is one thing I did mention in um, one of my previous podcasts where I mentioned to pray for your team. So in the morning, my suggestion would be is to pray for your day, for God to be with you the whole day, but also for you to then pray um, to put the armor of God on, but also then to pray for your team. Becoming resilient basically means that you will be able to cope with life's changes, challenges, and the uncertainties of that. So in that verse, it basically mentions the, you know, the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces. And because there are these spiritual forces, there's going to come some things that are unexpected. And being resilient means being able to deal with those challenges and those changes and those uncertainties and basically bouncing back. And bouncing back, I think, you know, to me, sounds as if that should happen, you know, in a, with a, in a flick of a thick finger. But it's not. You know, you can bounce back slowly. Sometimes your recovery might be a little bit longer. Sometimes your recovery might be fast. So putting on the armor of God and praying on a daily basis for God to help you with life's challenges, changes, and uncertainties will greatly increase your resilience as you learn to trust Him. And not just to trust in your own abilities, but to trust in Him. God wants us to trust in Him and go to Him with our problems. So my prayer always is for God to give me wisdom, insight and knowledge above my ability and understanding. And for a spirit of discernment in basically every single decision that I have to make in my day. And discerning in terms of people who I speak to. And I ask God to show me his way for the day and to help me with every decision that I need to make basically every single day. And we have to realize that there are a lot of bad people and a lot of bad things in this world that try to break and tear us down. And the last thing Satan wants is for you to step out every day wearing the armor of God. You know, it's basically the wild, wild west out there and we're fighting just to stay alive. You know, that sounds a bit tough, but I don't think we should underestimate the spiritual battles going on right now in the spiritual or the heavenly realm. What Satan does want, though, is for us to fall and never get back up again. He will always fight to keep us in the deep, dark pits of hell, where we feel we just can't continue anymore and feel absolute despair as if our only response is to give up. So pray... Pray and pray some more before every meeting, before emails, before anything that you do, before you speak to someone, before you walk out of your office, when you get back in your office. Get into the habit of trusting God for everything throughout your day. And if you're not in the habit of doing that right now, one thing that you can do is set reminders on your phone. That's something I learned from someone else. Make it a habit to start praying twice a day, three times a day, four times a day, and You'll find yourself turning off those reminders and just doing it naturally. So, yeah, that was number one. Pray. 
Number two, surround yourself with other believers. So I believe really this is something that carried me through during all of my tough times was, you know, people at church, connect groups, you know, my friends, my family, people who loved me for who I was. And no matter what difficult times I, I went through at work, no matter what difficult times I went through personally, I had these people surrounding me that could pick me up when I fell and that would that plowed into me. And that's what I want for you and that's what you should have. So surround yourself with other believers. You know, they, they might not be at work. They, so they might be at your church, like I mentioned, at connect groups, your friends, your family and people who basically love you for who you are. So make sure that you catch up with these people um, on a regular basis because that's going to be important basically connecting with them because you need that uplifting and upbuilding person who believe who believes you are worth it and that you are worthy and you are a worthy woman because God made you and he put you on this earth with a specific purpose and you might not know that purpose but just know that you were not an accident God has a plan for you and so, therefore, do not let anybody, do not allow anybody to personally attack you. Don't, don't allow that to pierce your heart. Why? Because you've got the breastplate on. The breastplate of the armor of God. The breastplate of righteousness is in place. So, definitely, um, there might be some personal attacks at work. You know, people can get really nasty and mean. But... True resilience for me has started meaning not to take those things personal and to know that, yes, it's wrong, 100% it's wrong and we can't allow workplace bullying and toxic gossip and those things and 100% you all know my feelings on that. If you've listened to any of my episodes, you will know exactly how I feel about that. However, I think also in terms of resilience, we should be able to just shake it off Pray about it, of course. If you, if you, if you, and I, I've been very hurt by people's words as well. So um, I feel like I'm talking easy here now, but uh, it's not. I've been really hurt by people, and um, recently even just heard that somebody was talking or bad mouthing me. You know, very far removed from me, and uh, you know, yes, it it hurt a little bit, but I just decided, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let that bother me because I actually know who I am, and whatever that person's saying, and no, it's not true. And I have proved it over and over and over again to my 12-year-old, nearly teenage daughter, that the truth will always come out. And she has now seen it firsthand um, in high school as well. The truth always comes out. So just make sure that you surround yourself with other believers and, and catch up with them regularly. This is extremely important because when you're feeling down and out, you need the love of other people surrounding you. Number three, caring for yourself. Okay, so you need to care for yourself mentally, but also physically. So this is more commonly known as self-care. I purposely decided not to use the word self-care because self-care has become a term which, you know, if people hear self-care, they, they kind of get blasé over it now these days because it's overrated and, you know, so where it's like this mythical thing that people are talking about and you never you don't have time for that so I decided not to use that terminology just in case you were thinking 
yes, this is self-care. You know, let's talk about what does it look like looking after yourself mentally? Because I think, you know, we also, we immediately again, you know, the trigger for me, I think about mental health. And a lot of people are flinging around the terminology of mental health these days. You're getting an increasing amount of mental health days that you can get off work. And uh, again, nothing wrong with that. I am 100% a true supporter of people suffering from mental health issues. Like I shared in one of my previous episodes, uh, you know, about my sister with, with some mental health issues. So, you know, definitely unashamedly or, you know, definitely not ashamed to say that I am very much aware and have had other family members as well uh, that suffered from mental health issues and some colleagues. So definitely there's absolutely nothing against that or judgy from my part. But I think what I've started noticing is that, you know, when people are having a tough day, just a normal tough day, they classifying it as having mental health problems so people are flinging around that terminology left, right and center. So when I'm talking here about looking after yourself mentally, I'm not necessarily talking about that mental health. Again, I want to clarify that because I don't want you to think that I'm saying that you should, you know, look after your mental health. So, okay, let me get to the point of what I'm trying to say. In terms of mentally, think about what triggers you. What are those things that really tire you out, that make you feel exhausted after you've done them. Think about that three, that monthly three-hour meeting that you have to sit through, that difficult employee you have to performance manage, that task that you put off every single week until the latest moment on Friday because you just absolutely hate that task, you can't do it, you Instead of just, and then on a Friday you think, oh, I should have just done this on Monday. But you keep on putting it off, you keep on procrastinating, you have to make a phone call, you have to do that. So those things that you really, really, really despise doing, because they just suck the life out of you and all your energy, those are triggers for you. And you should absolutely go and write them down. Because those things drain us and they make us actually act in a different way than what we normally should. So think of, if you think about in terms of energy levels, you know, if you if you do something, if you do things that you really like, you do them with pizzazz, you know, that you've got energy and yeah, and you can actually get through the task quite quickly if you set your mind to it. But then you get these low energy stealing vampire, you know, um, <laughs> um, tasks that just feels like they just suck the blood out of you. It's just awful. So you should really go and write those things down and start becoming aware of them. Because those are absolutely the tasks, and I know you know this already, but those are the tasks that you should tackle first. However, the way you get around that is to seek support. So who in your work environment, number one, would you be able to delegate that to? So I'm not, I'm not saying you have to pawn it off to someone, not saying that, but is there actually someone who enjoys that, who actually can do that task with pizzazz because they like it? They like organization. They like sitting through three-hour meetings. They like doing performance management. They like it. So is there somebody in your workplace or in your department that actually likes doing that thing? And remember, quite often the things that we like doing are the things that we are good at. We've got, we're skilled in that. 
But it's the things we don't like are things we don't, we're not necessarily skilled in because we don't know how to do it. We put it off because we actually don't know how to do it. So see if you can delegate that task to someone who actually knows how to do it. But okay, let's say there's no one else that can do it, like performance management, for example. You are the only one. You are solely responsible for performance management. Then what I would do is before you have to do that task, go and talk to someone who will who can who can basically uh, motivate you. Like think about it as a motivational speaker. Okay, so you're gonna go to and someone and say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm about to go and do something that I really don't like. Do you have any words of advice or anything? Give me a joke. Give me a you know. Can we have a quick coffee together? So go to that person that really gives you uh, that energy boost that you need or can give you that pep talk that you need to go and do that one thing that you do. And I, I believe if you start thinking about those tasks and those triggers, then you'll, you'll see that you're not as mentally strained as what you normally were because you're tackling those mentally straining tasks differently. So they are not then they're not draining you as much as what, you, what you're doing any, uh, anymore. And you know, you might actually find that because you're tackling those tasks with positive energy versus negative energy, that you might actually get that task done sooner and you might actually like it or be good at it. So it's all, it's really a mindset thing. Mindset coaching is absolutely something that you sometimes just need and that can just be your colleague that goes and have a coffee with you. So then in terms of looking after yourself mentally, I think what's also really important here is think about what what you are spending your time with. What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are all the inputs that are going into your mind on a day-to-day basis? Because what is in our mind comes out of our mouth and comes out as an output. So whatever we put in is what we're going to put out. Now, a good example, and this is not related to work, but a good example of how I had to get rid of an input was I used to really like horror movies. Um, and I, yeah, they used to scare me quite a bit, but I still kept on watching them. My husband absolutely loves horror movies. And I had my first experience with a horror movie at the age of, I mean, I think 12, um, which was Scream, the very first Scream, 12 or maybe even 11. And, um, yeah, so I just, I've, I mean, I just, it was just part of my life. I just kept on watching it, married a, you know, a person who loves true crime and horror movies and all these sorts of things. And, um, I actually started getting bad nightmares. So that was the output for me. And I started getting really like terrible nightmares and I actually wasn't scared like in my day-to-day life, but clearly in my subconscious, I was terrified because the nightmares that I was having was truly horrific. And I realized that I've got to stop watching those things. I've got to stop because they're giving me bad nightmares. And I, of course, I prayed about it as well. And I just cold turkey stopped watching uh, even a series like Criminal Minds and CSI, which tore me apart because my husband actually loves that. And that was a good way for us to spend time together in his mind. <laughs> um, yeah, I just called Turkey, had to stop watching that because the, the output for me was those nightmares. And it did, it actually, those nightmares did actually stop and it did go away. If you surround yourself with people who constantly swear, 
guess what? Sooner rather than later, you're going to start swearing. If you surround your people with people who, who do certain things, and again, not judging anything, just trying to use it as an, as an example, then let's use alcohol for an example. If you're constantly surrounding yourself with people who drink alcohol, more than, more than likely you're going to start drinking alcohol. Yes, yeah, so I believe that just in terms of mentally, we just really need just to look after ourselves. What are we putting into our minds on a day-to-day basis? Because whatever we put in is what we're going to put out. So just really think about that. And then I didn't mention, I said mentally and physically, but I just think I need to actually add spiritually here. So caring for yourself mentally, physically and spiritually. I'll get to physical in a minute. But in terms of spiritually, what are you doing to nurture your spirituality and your relationship with God? Do you go to church on a Sunday? Do you go to a connect group in the week? Do you, again, like number two, surround yourself with other believers? What fellowship are you getting with other believers? What fellowship are you getting with other female Christian leaders? Are you in a networking group? Are you on my Facebook group and you're chatting to other female Christian leaders? What are you doing to to look after yourself spiritually? I used to love, I don't do it um, anymore as often now because I don't have that long commute to work, but I used to spend my time in the car listening to podcasts. That was with the input stuff, um, what I mentioned about mentally, but listening to podcasts and um, or listening to worship music and spending the hour and a half that I had in my commute, so three hours in total, a day, I would spend either listening to a podcast, which would be either a Christian podcast or a leadership podcast, or both, you know, if it both covers both, or I would spend the time worshipping, praise and worshipping, because basically had no other time to do it. Yeah, so what are we doing just to look after ourselves mentally, physically, uh, spiritually, but then physically as well? So in terms of physically, and this is definitely by no means a speech about eating healthy and exercising, However, those things are good for you because once you exercise, you feel really good about yourself. You've had a really good hit of, I believe, the hormone is dopamine. I am not sure. (laughs) I'm definitely not a health guru. I personally feel really amazing if I exercise. And uh, basically all I have been able to do at the moment, all I can basically manage is three times a week, getting up three times a week and doing a 10 minute YouTube exercise. That is basically what I can manage. Okay, quickly did a Google search and yes, it's definitely dopamine. All right, allowing you to feel pleasure, satisfaction and motivation. Yes. Okay, so all I can basically manage at the moment is getting up three times a week, 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes earlier, Okay, 15 minutes earlier because I have to basically get out of bed and get dressed. But then I do a 10-minute YouTube video. And even just doing that 10-minute YouTube video of cardio or ab or core exercises or beginner thighs and bums or something, I really feel good about myself. And and yes, I'm ready. Am I ready to ramp it up to 15 minutes? Yes. And are some other people exercising one hour? Yes, but that's not me. <laughs> and then I do other things for myself physically. So I like to, to read books. I like to um, spend time in the word. I, re- I like to, I've just actually started journaling Um, which is going to be my next point, by the way. Um, But it's just, I do things for myself. And I, you know, with the three kids, it's really busy, really, really, really busy. And so 
Finding time for me physically is it's it's nearly impossible at the moment. My husband's also working away, so it's me and the three kids um, alone at home. And you know, it it is definitely tough. But I believe that prioritizing me mentally, spiritually, and physically is the only way I can remain resilient. Is which well, it's not the only way, but it is a way that I can care for myself. And it's a way for me to ensure that I am looking after me because I am constantly looking after three other busybodies and then my husband as well and supporting him in his work and what he's doing. And so where's the time ever for me? So there are three facets that I would like you to focus on, which I mentioned now. Okay, and then the last one, which I kind of gave away already, which is journaling. So I only just actually really started journaling, but something proper journaling. But I have actually been doing it before, and the way I was doing it before was through a prayer box. So what I actually had is I, in a female uh, church group, uh, we had this Women's Day, and as part of the Women's Day, we made this prayer box. And so you got a little notebook and pen, and we decorated the box. And that box always stayed very privately in my cupboard. And basically, the whole idea of the prayer box was that you put all your prayer requests in there with a date. And then you it's just a way of writing it physically down and then giving it to the Lord and saying, Lord, I've written this prayer request down. I'm giving it over to you. It's in my prayer box. Hear me out. This is my prayer request. And so then you would go back to the box and you would go and have a look. Have your prayer requests been answered and when? And some of those prayer requests stayed in there for three years until I could then finally fold it up and put it into the, this prayer has been answered you know, a little bag that I had in there, a Ziploc bag. And, you know, like I said, sometimes they had to stay long in there. Sometimes they stayed in there very short. And um, I'm actually curious to go in there now to go and see what was some of my last prayer requests that I put in there. But now what I've, what I've, and the reason basically what is so nice about doing that is that I can actually go back and say, oh yeah, I actually forgot about that. I, I, oh yeah, I've forgotten. That was about six months ago and I trusted, I trusted the Lord for that. That's happened like ages ago already because, you know, we are so funny. We trust the Lord for things and then we get the breakthrough that we want. And it's kind of anticlimactic sometimes if we get that breakthrough we want. And then we were like, oh, is that it? Or, oh, I, I thought I would feel a little bit differently after the Lord, you know, answered my prayer in that way. So I think the whole idea is that going to look at that and then, and because sometimes I look back at those prayers and I actually had forgotten that I even put that down as a prayer request. And so the Lord even answered my prayers and I didn't even realize it. So rude. <laughs> so I really liked actually doing the prayer box because going back then every six months or once a year, then I can actually really go and truly see how God has answered my prayers. So the difference to what I'm doing now is I'm actually using an A4 journal. I'm actually using an A4 book. And I am writing letters to the Lord. And I'm saying that, Lord, this is a new podcast. This is a new business. We're in a tough time as a family. Going through this, going through that. Challenges at my husband's work. Uh, you know, challenges financially, challenges here, challenges there. 
and I just write it all out and I write it down and I am and I'm thanking I'm making sure that I'm not only just asking but I'm also thanking him and I'm praising him and I'm just you know just really trusting him for for supernatural wisdom in certain things that I'm doing um, because you know sometimes you've just never done something before and this is the first time you're ever doing it and you just need guidance and so you know journaling really just gives you the ability to see your progress over time as well because when you journal and you write all those tough things down that you were going through and then you go back again you actually can't believe how strong you were during that time and you actually can't believe that you made it through so not only does it strengthen your relationship with God because you see how he carried you through but it also strengthens your resilience because you're like wow I can't believe I actually did that and this is a really good example of that one workplace with those ladies they were not only ladies there they were they were males as well but they were just talking inappropriate things and x y and z I so I, I to this day I can't believe I lasted there for nearly four years um, but looking back at it I was like wow I was really strong and God really really held my hand and my feet and my body and everything during that time because if it was not for him I would not honestly have made it through so in the moment, you might not see how strong you are, but when you are through it, you are able to see and you are able to stand in awe. So those four steps are, and I've really, really broken them down intensively, is to pray. Number two, surround yourself with other believers. Number three, care for caring for yourself. And number four, journaling. Now, I am looking forward to seeing you all next week when we talk about a brand new topic. And I hope you all have an amazing weekend and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a review. Your feedback means the world to me and lights me up every single time when I read it. And it makes me want to keep going. So please leave a review and your review will also help other Christian women in leadership find the answers they are looking for. So whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the review section and leave that review. Then head over to womenoffaithinleadership.com and join our free Facebook community. And I look forward to engaging with you there.